Hey there, Rollers. If you're a big honkin' nerd like Brandon and myself, you might enjoy our super originally named TTRPG news and discussion podcast, The Goblins and Growlers Podcast. We talk about everything from what's happening in the world of Dungeons and Dragons to indie tabletop games, old modules, and even tabletop RPG adjacent merch like the Dark Tower board game remake. If that sounds like your bag of dice, come check us out on the Goblins and Growlers podcast over at bit.ly slash goblinsgrowlerspodcast. That's all lowercase, bit.ly slash goblinsgrowlerspodcast. Come nerd out with us. See, I thought what you were doing was radio DJ. Yeah, WKLN. It would be WQPR. Our, our name is three letters. Why would why wouldn't we just use the letters we have? This is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. In a world where one woman, a man, another man, a shorter man, a man dressed like a wrestler cowboy, a tiny dragon, and a mushroom person, creature. What was I saying? Right. In a world where all those people were at a camp reuniting with old friends. Koza spent entirely too long saying goodbye to his fiancée than actually he maybe has a chance with. Boat, Alita, and Johannes were excellent wingmen, wing people, uh, wing folk, romance assistants. Meanwhile, Solinar threw knives with Benna and grew a greater respect for the young woman. The party said their farewells and traveled on to the town of Honnet, where Johannes and Melody discovered a secret most foul. This town has been under the grip of a tyrannical family of millers. Oh, and Solinar was reunited with his dad, which I guess is a big deal to some people. Anyway, I've got some theories about these millers. What do you mean that's it? I have a 20-minute dissertation on Honnet and the millers. No, you can't do this. I'm huge in marine. The truth will be heard. So Johannes and Melody are going to enter Harold's house as he sort of is, sit, is sat at the table with his chin resting on his hands, watching Solonar animatedly tell the story of sort of what you guys have been doing. So then we told all of the stuff that we just told you to Lord Alden because he also needed to know kind of what was going on with the whole adventure and everything. Oh, hey, guys. Melody's going to, like, kind of wave. Wait, did I... Did I miss discussions of the adventures? Well, I guess. Like, we we came over here and started talking about stuff. I mean, if you've got questions about anything, just ask them while we're talking about the rest of stuff and we'll catch you up, I guess. She's going to sort of shuffle around in her bag and pull out a notebook and a quill. All right. 
Did she say all right? Uh, no, like all, all, all right, as in like let's go on with the uh, epic tales that I can write songs about. All right, all right, all right. Well, no one else is going to do it, so might as well be you. Yeah. I guess. She sort of gestures over at Boat, though I'm not sure what to call this outfit. Is there a word for this? Sexy. My hat. <laughs> my no, my the, cape. The, I know the hat and the cape, but the. My unitard? Yes. Is Oh, that's going to be hard to rhyme. Is there like a synonym for that? Unitard, Captain You're Picard, tub of lard. <laughs> oh, you don't want me to rhyme it with tub of lard. That would be insulting. You would take damage. I'll just say not in front of it. Ah, yes, of course. A- anyway, epic story, epic tale. So then we were getting ready to leave the Glade of the Nymphs and... uh. We decided that Cole should stay behind because the adventure was too dangerous and we didn't want him releasing a huge demon. And then we uh, were just about to leave when Alita decided to do a whole, like, about face on the letter she got from her mom about her dad and to go and see her dad. Yeah, she had, like, a side quest. You, right. you make it sound like I just sort of abandoned the mission. I, you, I, you, you all encouraged me. Well, it was important. I'm not saying you abandoned anything. Not I'm all saying... side quests are waste of time. I'm often diverted by side quests. Sometimes you get something cool out of them. I'm a bit of a completionist <laughs> in that respect. And you got closure. That was the that was the treasure that you got at the end of your side quest. And you stole a deer. I did steal a deer. I don't know if I got closure so much as I gained a newfound hatred for my father and a confusion at what's going on with my brother. Tomato, tomato. Let's move on. Well, you learned that you have a brother, which is important. Anyway, after I left. So while Alita was doing all of that, um, we made our way to the Azrai Lock and... Uh, on our way there, there was, we, we went into the Feywild, and I'm actually a little bit hazy about what happened in there. Uh, Koza, I think you were probably the most with it. Uh, wasn't there a, a big meal or something? Um. I, I remember eating a, eating a flower, and I remember feeling great. And then from there... Uh, everything's a bit of a haze until I'm tied up in the back of the cart yelling something about uh, wanting to be taken back. Isn't that where we were dancing with those fancy backless ladies? Maybe. I'm sorry, backless? Yeah. You know how you can get a dress and it doesn't have a back? I do. So they just didn't have backs. You could just stick your hand all the way in there. (laughs) My gods. They, I mean, they pulled it off. It was charming. High fashion. Uh-huh. It was definitely a look, though. So Solanar and was and so Solanar was with the backless ladies. Boat, were you? Oh yeah, yeah. Boat was all about that. Uh, but uh, I uh, was keeping an eye on everybody else, and I knew it was time for us to get out of there. Solanar had other ideas. There is sort of a twinkle in Harold's eye as he looks over the party and you see sort of this mischievous smirk as he sort of gestures for you guys to go on. You like that story? You like that story, Harry? (laughs) Harry. 
<laughs> no, I just, um, it's nice to, it's nice to hear that you all are having adventures. I'll tell you, this isn't for free, just so you know. We're all expecting something in return. And that's, uh, embarrassing stories about young Solonar. I have plenty. I also have a berry crisp in the oven that I can share with all of you. What kind of berries? Uh, wild berries, blackberries, blueberries, just a medley. All right. What kind of crisp? Brown sugar. Oh. Well, all right. So, uh, what, well, we should definitely finish our story before you get an opportunity to talk about any embarrassing. Who knows if we'll have time for that, honestly. Um, we'll make time. Ap- after We can wait. After the adventure in the Feywild, we went to the Azrai Lock. And we found out that it's chock full of fae as well. But we decided not to talk to those fae because we'd already, I guess, had a bad experience. I thought it might be cool to go talk to them. But the rest of the group was like, no, no, we don't we don't need any more abductions. So then we jumped on a was it was it a river boat? And then we got on the river and the river was significantly faster than I would have anticipated. I just remember being really nauseous, but mostly okay. And then we fought a river snake. Actually, Johannes climbed inside the river snake. I'm sorry, he what? Yeah, it's true. Boat was tired of that river snake on our river boat. And so he shunned it and we had to defeat it because the ship captain, whose name was Gilgamesh, was scared. So we protected him in his skiff. Yeah, I think I think Boat opened up a wound on the snake's neck and Johannes just like jumped right in there and was like wrestling the snake from within. Johannes attacked it like a scarab beetle? He wrestled the snake within. <laughs> Alina just kind of like looks horrified. I don't know what a scarab beetle is, but if it is is tenacious and willing to uh, fight, I think the snake, if I remember right, it was like forty stories tall, and it's difficult to to really grapple with it. But I, I knew I needed to keep it from destroying the boat because the the captain it was all he had left. Well, I don't know if the boat is all that the captain had left. Like, they had just met that earlier that day. I know he has an effect on people sometimes, but that might be a little extreme. It's all he has all right. Okay. But it was, it was good. We defeated the snake and uh, managed to save the ship captain's boat uh, so that we would be able to make it to the other side of the river. What was at the other side of the river? Corn. And lots of it. Corn? The mythical land of Aberdeen. Which is where we found out that Koza hadn't just been exploring distant lands, but in fact had been on the run from his family. Uh, uh, I I would still describe it more uh, uh, as exploring distant lands. The distant land of marriage. <laughs> yeah, I actually, um, I had a question. Uh, we just sort of skipped past when we were telling me what had happened about Koza having a fiance. Can we sort of rewind and explain to me what happened with that? 
We're taking no questions. Koza is only gonna say what he's comfortable saying. Save Please all, let us finish the story. Save all your questions we... till the end. We'll also talk yeah. about Aberdeen's ethanol subsidies. <laughs> what, what, what if I have clarifying questions? Write them down. We'll talk later. Nonsense. Well, at first Koza was like, "Oh, we don't have to go see my family," and then. I guess some of the servants were out and about doing like market stuff that day, and they recognized him. They, they did. That, that, that's what happened. I and think then, this this is Kozo's story to tell from here on out. Yeah, it's think, being written down, so I don't I don't want us to tell the story for him. I think that's fair. I don't want to put a lot of like weird outside influence on this story. I think, Koza, you probably are the best person to tell it from here. Uh, okay, um, we, um... I've got a big piece of black licorice here for you when you finish your story. <laughs> um, the, the servants found, found us, um, and so we didn't have much of a choice. We had to, we had to go visit my parents, and, well, um... Harold, Alita, and Melody all sort of lean forward in interest. So, um, right, so we had, we had to have dinner with our parents, with, or with, with my parents. Um, and, and that's when they introduced, um, Rosemary to everybody. And I think, um, there was an argument, and my father sent us all to our rooms, then we almost escaped. Um, um, Rosemary had a, had a grappling hook, and so we almost escaped. But then we um, we ended up deciding just to talk about escaping with everybody. Um, and instead, went to the festival the next day. And a whole lot of things happened at the festival, but we decided to to escape that night. We um we left the cart, or I think Solnar or or boat left the cart. We had a very nice cart. What happened was I bravely tried to get us out of there and the cart was an unfortunate casualty of our escape. So as I was saying, um, Boat lost the cart. (laughs) And we we did escape, though. I mean, we're here, so I guess you knew that we escaped. (laughs) You you probably get that part out. Uh, Rosemary just went to do something else. Um, So that's why she's not here, but she also escaped. But uh, uh, I, I don't think we'll be going back anytime soon, though. I think that's that's about everything that happened. I mean, there was the whole we we met that fortune teller named Artemis, and she gave us visions of the past. With her snake. Oh yeah, banana. I can't forget banana. I love banana. I was thinking about it, and it's kind of strange that she calls herself a fortune teller because things that have already happened aren't really fortunes. It's just like, that happened, and then you go, yes, it did. <laughs> you also forgot to mention my master, my mastering the ability of disguise to get us out of there undetected. Oh, Lord. Boat put on a different coat. <laughs> yeah, I think Koza was intentionally trying to forget Boat masquerading magically as his fiance. It wasn't just a different coat. I turned into a whole different person. Oh and my talking gosh, about you really? and talking like a lady version of Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> I thought that was just the coats effect. <laughs> so that Sorry. was fun. There was a loud car passing. Oh, uh, there was. 
Yeah, so Boat disguised himself as Rosemary and then was, like, trying to seduce guards. And then he wouldn't stop being Rosemary even after we escaped, which was weird, and I hated it. Wasn't it wasn't weird. It was very weird. It was natural. It wasn't weird. Here's you me. used <laughs> magic to do it. It was not natural. He was very married to the idea. <laughs> that's, Rose that's married more than, to the idea. That's more than Koza can say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, when we went into the past, we uh, we got to s- see the, the adventuring party before us, which seems very important. They were they were they were trying to fulfill the holy mission that we talked about earlier that we're on as a as a quest of returning dragons back to the world, and they were uh, trying to discuss party dynamics over food and it seemed like there was a traitor amongst them off of the second vision we know that there was a traitor because artemis said as much yeah she said there is a traitor amongst them and then the whole audience was like i also like the casual time travel drop it's like so this happened oh yeah and then we went back to the past to witness it through a clouded lens. <laughs> Look, Solonar doesn't know what's normal and weird when it comes to magic. Come on. And that, and then our DeLorean had a really good resale value, so we <laughs> left that behind like the cart. <laughs> we exchanged it for a phone booth with a busted umbrella on top of it. Oh, yeah, and we went to, we went to Glen Aisling after that because it was on the way. I don't think that's, that's what it's called. No. Isn't it Aisling Glen? I don't know. Maybe. You could be right. Yeah, because the saying is something as an Aisling horse, not something as an a- as a Glen horse. Maybe we met Glen Ais- Aisling. Glen Aisling was my attorney once upon a time. <laughs> what were you represented in? Uh, intellectual property. I have to know. Uh, just it, it was a wrestling thing. Somebody accused me of stealing his gimmick, but it was actually a very common thing, and we came to it independently, and we had a handshake deal to settle the whole thing out of court. What was the gimmick? Look, part of the part of the settlement is that I can't talk about it. <laughs> but you already started talking about it. I have three lyrics already. I can't divulge the answer, or it will out the other person involved in the suit, and there's just a non-disclosure agreement. Dayquin also had Glenn Aisling as a lawyer once. This is what he's telling me right now. <laughs> Dayquin, the serial killing squirrel. Whoa! Oh my gosh! Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Solonar's dad like gets up and goes, "Continue, continue. I'm I'm going to go get the crisp." Oh yeah. So then we ran into this uh, this really aggressive uh, equine salesperson. Uh, who whose prices were like they were so low some could say they were crazy low and he even had a bunch of discount uh, equines and mules and such and he was trying to marry them all off it seemed like it was very weird <laughs> it was like a reverse dowry <laughs> I just remember leaning into the horse paddock and getting completely knocked on my butt by midnight and then being like, I'm going to I'm going to saddle that horse and show them who's boss. And then we forged an interminable bond. And Is that th- was the end of our romance arc. <laughs> <laughs> 
And things got pretty serious after that because we were on a serious business of a holy mission. So we went to a new town uh, because we drank all that the trough had to offer. And in the new town, we uh, were there uh, to make it to the temple. That was out on the coast so we could fulfill the dragon pendant was had left me so many voicemails and we needed to make sure that we got out to the temple so that uh, Lita could get it back and we could f uh, continue with the holy mission to save dragons. Didn't we kill but a witch and her dog at some point? We were waylaid by an old woman and the saddest dog you've ever seen in your whole life. We didn't think anything of it because that was just the inn we were going to stay at. But then we start talking to the mayor of the town, and he's like, oh, there's been a mysterious chain of poisonings, so be on your guard while you're here. And we're like, why are you telling complete strangers about this very serious situation in your town? And then we wrote a flume to get out of his palace, which was pretty sweet. <laughs> and then we wrote a flume. <laughs> and when we got back to the inn... Uh, the old woman was like, oh, help us prepare uh, the breakfast for all the guests. And we're following her recipe, but her recipe keeps saying things like, pour this much out of this weird curvy bottle, and then pour this much out of this blue bottle. And then, like, the whole pot started smoking, and then Johannes was like, this food is evil. Yeah, because you're not allowed to smoke inside an inn. <laughs> and then we found out that the dog was a demon and that the old woman was a demon and then we fought the dog and then as we were like hey you old woman you're a demon she was like well you got me and disappeared in a puff of smoke <laughs> dun -dun 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 -dun. that's how i exit when someone accuses me of being a demon and then we were almost property owners, but we were too busy to be property owners. So we threw the keys into the inn and we said, first come, first serve. And hopefully there's not a riot and the city burns down. And we left. Solinar's dad is going to come back in with a few wooden bowls. Uh, he's going to put one in front of each of you. Inside the bowl is going to be a wooden spoon and a very hearty helping of a sweet mixed berry crisp. Is there any ice cream to go with it? There is not any ice cream. Is there at least some cold water? There, There is a uh, jug of cold cream. Okay. I'll pour some of that onto my berry crisp. That sounds delightful, TBH. Mm -hmm. You're having a berry crisp breve, which honestly, NGL, that needs to go with the QPR cookbook that I've suddenly decided to make. <laughs> so... Let's see. After Miller's Port, uh, we started killing some bandits, and that's when Alita caught up with us. And Alita had her new stag friend. And then we went to the temple, and the temple was weird because there was, like, a cliff with, like, spokes in the wall to climb it down the cliff and into the shrine. And then... There was like a fire elemental. I didn't get to talk to the fire elemental. Koza, what was the fire elemental like? Um, hot. They were very nice. They they were as as helpful as they could be. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I didn't really. 
it seemed like they had good info for us. And they had, like, forged a bunch of armor and weapons and stuff out of bronze. Which was neat. And then we went to the library because there was a whole, like, hall of prophecy or something that we had to go deal with. And that's where we got these. And Solinar reaches into his pack and he pulls out a bunch of, like, really foreign coins. Harold is going to reach out his hand to take them. I mean, I'm, I'm going to need those back, but yeah, you can look. He's going to pull out his little jeweler's lens that he uses when he's working on trinkets and start examining them. G go on, go on. Well, we found the Gladius which was the key to the Temple of Bronze. And then we got outside the shrine, almost dying on a cliffside, where I think it was Alita who caught everybody and we all just like scrambled back up. And then once we got back to the top, there was like a huge thunderstorm that kept hitting the shrine. And there was a sea temple in the ocean. No, no, Boat needs to tell the part uh, uh, with the, the temple itself. Boat adds the appropriate amount of gravitas. I mean, I... Okay, we went into this thing and there was all kinds of, like, uh, flesh mouths and stuff on the walls. There was a... Everything stank. There was a suit of armor that wanted help and then we didn't help it and let it just fall apart. But it turns out it was like a key or something, so we had to go back and get it. There was a room with, like, sand and water. Uh, Koza turned a couple of people into mushroom clouds so they could float through a room because uh, they were, because I think it was Johannes and Solinar, they were afraid of ghosts and spooks. <coughs> so to cure them of that, Koza turned them into mushrooms. <laughs> uh, and then we... You know, when I said the appropriate amount of gravitas, I didn't mean rattle it off like you're reading it off a list. Well, hang on, I'm not done yet. I'll get to the, the gravetic part here in a moment. So then we make our way down this long and stinky hallway covered with, <laughs> covered with flesh and scabs on the wall. And we make our way into this room. And in the room, there's like an old overturned table. There's some chairs. And there's also a big monster made of the disgusting bits of mouth and scab and flesh all over the wall. So, in an act of pure gravity, I climbed up on a table and jumped, and gravity-assisted landed on him with my elbow and smashed him to the ground. And then, along with the help of others, I defeated him, and we were able to escape by, uh, let's see, there was like a flume, another flume, like a rocket flume of some sort that some folks escaped on, and then, uh... Was it you and me, Solinar? We had to escape on a big, on that big table. I almost forgot about the spooky book we found in the shrine that we then gave to Moonzy while we were in the Bronze Temple because he was like, oh, this is a spooky book and you probably shouldn't carry it around. And we were like, okay. And then it, I think he paid us for it. Yeah, Moonzy's Didn't no, he pay us for no, it? No, I'm pretty sure I have it. Do I not have this book? Did uh, we give it to Moonzy? Oh, no, he didn't pay us. We gave it to him. Moonsy's starting to feel like that antique dealer who tells you that something's not worth anything and then he turns around and sells it for about a thousand times what what you got it for. A thousand oh. times zero is still zero. 
I hope he doesn't sell that spooky book. It did actually seem like a spooky book. Harold is going to pull his jeweler's lens back and hand the coins back to Solonar. So who's Moonsy? Solonar puts the coins back. He's a faceless man who lives in between the world and a different world who sells us things. He's a good person. And sometimes we sleep over. We have sleepover parties and he makes steamed pork buns. And sometimes they're veggie buns. It's nice. And sometimes Solonar tries to light him on fire, but not because he means to. It's only because he's hangry. And the biggest thing that we came out of that temple with, though, besides the continued love for Moonzy, who has no face, is that we uh, we found a new a new uh, dragon buddy. It looks like this. The uh, relic sort of has like this minor holy energy uh, radiating from it as Johannes pulls it out. The QPR dragon uh, buddies he- collect them all. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch them all, dragon buds. Uh, As so you can Harold, see, they're, they're stuffed and they're very comfy and they can... <laughs> they're they made make of metal. It. Oh. Uh, uh, sorry, this was the collectible one. Let me put this away. Here's the real one. <laughs> yeah, an even greater holy aura comes from that. Yeah. And um, this is what Alita said that we need to find four of them, if I'm correctly remembering. Five total. Oh, well, and sometimes the bar moves on you, but, it, you know, you keep moving forward. Uh, uh, Harold is going to lean over to Solonar and be like, your uh, armored friend, when he was talking about the faceless man, is this really a thing you all are dealing with, or is your friend on drugs? No, no. I, you remember I was talking about Moonzy, the helpful shopkeep who met us in the Brass Temple? It's that I guy. sort of assumed that was a euphemism. You do get, you have a history of getting wrapped up with some unsavory sorts. I mean, a little. Uh, a little. I've only fled the country twice. Dad. That's, that's hardly anything. Like, some people flee the country tons of times. Yeah, Daquan's had to flee his country 17 times. Mr. Mr. Barnes, how often have you had to flee the country? Not just leave, but flee. There was only this one time. I'll tell you about it. We were deep in sort of southern Alaria, uh, and people take their wrestling pretty darn seriously then, and I was going up against the local hero. And, well, I ended up taking... I ended up uh, winning that day, and the folks around there took none too kindly, and they... Hopped on their carts. They chased after me with their pitchforks and their flames and such. I had to make my way out to the docks and uh, borrow a small boat and uh, sail out and then circle back around to the point and ditch the boat and just get as far away from there as I could. It's the dangers of uh, being a better wrestler than the local hero. But that's the only time I've ever really had to flee an area. Oh, actually, we fled uh, we fled multiple areas on our journey, as we've talked about before. Um, from Palabar to uh, the the dollhouse. Point of order. Those were not countries. Those were those were city states and or strange other planar areas. Mm. <laughs> fair, fair fair uh, point to make. I mean, I think the small children who uh, controlled that particular island considered themselves a country. Like they all I guess it would about, have been a queendom. Yeah, like they, they had a queen and they had like 
maybe some sort of royal... I don't remember a lot of those kids and their Point hierarchy. Point is, we found a dragon statue, and now we only need three more before we're able to turn them in, uh, along with all these box tops, and then we get to get a, a cool little new jungle gym for our school. We're 40% successful in our quest. What you guys don't know is that the end of QPR, the the ritual to summon the dragons, you just pop all of them into a giant, into slots in a giant, like, gumball-style machine, and you just crank endlessly, and little uh, plastic balls filled with dragons pop out. Spoilers. And you have to crack them open one by one like you're in Akihabara. <laughs> well, we're, we're familiar with dragon eggs. We know how dragon eggs work. Yeah. Yes, dragon eggs, often known for being plastic. With pro gashapon. Yeah. <laughs> yes, perfect. And then uh, we ended up on the land bridge, and we came this way, and we heard about a bunch of people going missing. And then on the way, Barnaby told Alita that there was a bunch of, like, bandits nearby, and that they were hauling a golden cage. Made of gold. Oh, this is the part where I come in. Yeah. We yeah, you take the story from here. No, 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 no. I want to, I want to hear about it from my savior's perspective. I was in a cage. Well, actually, I would be interested to hear what it looked like from inside a cage, because it was kind of chaotic outside the cage. It was chaotic watching it from inside the cage, too. And then... All right, so... Uh, I had a bag put over my head when I was in Tinkerhaven, and then I was dragged off in a very dramatic style. And then I was tossed into a cot, and then I was taken in the cot somewhere, and then I was put in the cage and locked in the cage, and then they started taking me through uh, the forest, I guess. I was asleep for some of the parts. Um... But then we're sitting there and we're very close. I can smell the ocean. And then I hear my saviors uh, come stumbling through the brush. And if I recall, you all murdered them very viciously. Very viciously. Um, I believe Mr. Johannes had the accompaniment of one of your horses to do murders. And then you got me out. Yep, Snuffles is a bit of a murder hooves. This is true. Snuffles craves blood like Sad Dog craves melted ice cream. There are many questions that that raises, but um, anyway, so I have decided that I'm going to begin composing heroic ballads of... We, we really need a name for you. Johannes. No, no, the, your your team, your party, like, you know, the Knights of Alaria are the Knights of Alaria, and that's a very impressive sounding title. And the Knights of the Barosian Knights are the Barosian Knights, and it's very impressive. And the, you know, Council of Thirteen is very impressive because it's the Council of Thirteen. And then you all are some guys with murderous horses. Oh my God, that's the perfect name. And I cannot rhyme perfectly. murderous horses How about just murder in horses? iambic forces? pentameter. <laughs> forces, uh, four, four courses. Uh. Iambic yeah, if, pentameter. Yeah, what if our name was just Murder Horse? I think that's pretty sweet. That's pretty boring. Oh my I gosh, I love Murder Horse. What? Can we spell murder with like a four or something like that? 
Oh no. I'm sorry, are you guys legitimately wanting your party name to be Murder Horse? Well, there's there's also five of us, including Alita, so it's gotta think- be like... I think we have a good because there's a there's a I, I, I'm not usually somebody who sees a lot of patterns, but there seems like there's a pattern here. What if we could we could be the Knights of Alita? It's like the Knights of Alaria, but except more on a holy mission. You're not really my knights so much as Knights of the Dragon Prophecy. I'm honestly just sort of here as a map. We could be. The Dragon Knights. Dragon Horse. Oh, that's got a ring to it, actually. Dragon Horse 5. Dragon Horse 5! <laughs> we, could, we could call ourselves Dragon Horse, and then all of our songs could be about, like, getting through the fire and the more fire, or... And the flames. Like, right, exactly. And then we could... I'm trying to think of other good song titles. I'm not really good at that. You guys know that that Melody has to play this on a lute. You guys guys want her to do Through the Fire and Flames on a lute. She's going to look like Miguel in Road to El Dorado just trying to shred on this lute. Well, this is why bards have magical enhancements for their music playing, um, is so that they can do things like shred on their lutes. How about we call ourselves Metal Horse, since we're out for the metallic dragons? Ooh, what if we were, what if we were like Steel Horse? Why is Horse so involved in our name? Well, Snuffles is really like a central part of the party. It's majestic. Without Snuffles, uh, we wouldn't have murdered nearly as many Palabar guards. (laughs) Uh, Without Snuffles, we couldn't have transported the cart through the vast desert wilderness of uh, Ocean Var. Like, there's a lot of stuff that Snuffles has been really integral for. I think I think that's why we've all got horse on the brain. Forge horse. Mm. Horse force. <laughs> horse force. Horse force metallics. We should be called the coarse mains. I like horse force metallics, but we spell metallics with an X like Beetleborg's metallics. <laughs> Ow. What about if we're going to make the animals a central part? What about mid snuff quin bulbilex? There it is. Nailed it. Uh, I don't know about that one. I, I double down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how I would rhyme that with anything. Alita's our leader. I, I'm just throwing names out here. And no, also, no, I'm not. Super not. We could we could be bowls and forks. Because Johannes keeps finding forks on the road. Here's my collection. Good lord, that's more than I even thought you had. And oh, then, look at them! Like, they have the little, they have the little crests of the towns they're from. Oh, that's charming. Mm-hmm. I love them a lot, and I polish them uh, most of the time while I'm brushing my hair every morning. The rattling that you hear when Johannes runs around isn't the armor, it is the forks that are inside his breastplate just jingle jangling <laughs> inside his armor. I really no, feel I'm drawer. I really feel like it needs to be metal something. Like metallic or something. Oh well with all the murder and then the metal, we could be death metal. We're not from Florida. <laughs> death metal sort of implies a little more like ominous darkness than I think you all have. Aren't you supposed to be like champions of light and all that? Um, 
I don't, I don't know that that really applies to our group. Like we've got Koza who brings back people's corpses with the power of mushroom mancy. Uh, we've got me who likes stabbing people. We've got Boat who tries to convince everyone that there are ghosts stealing from collection plates. I got it. I think. I, I think forgot about that. Probably Johannes is the championist of all of us, and I don't. I don't even know that I'd be like, oh, Johannes, champion of the people. Yeah, I've only won one uh, jousting tournament. And Cole honestly gave me the lance, so I probably can't even take full credit. And not only that, but Snuffles was probably the best horse there, which gave me a, a huge advantage because they didn't uh, they didn't check the test the horses. How about oh we could how about the well, they didn't was, test the horses to see if they were doped up on horse drugs. Oh my gosh, Snuffles blood dopes all the time. <laughs> oh my god! All right, bringing this back around. Uh, we are metal and we're all hot, so why don't we call ourselves the branding irons? Hot, hot metal. Yeah. That's actually not terrible. I'll write that down. I do feel like that would look good on shirts. Mm -hmm. I feel like it makes us a fraternity. Yeah. <laughs> Alpha Kappa irons. Oh my gosh. Oh. Look at that branding. Um, can we be the the rest the wrestlers? Like <laughs> we were the rest of the people who were. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure out a name later. Oh, we're the we're the second opportunity for this prophecy to go right, so we could be Plan B. <laughs> Not that one. Um, that sounds uh, a little um. Subpar. We're trying to live up to a like uh like or improve upon a legacy. We could call ourselves the brass rings because we're trying to grab that brass ring and prove ourselves. If we're Plan B, because I, I, we're kind of trying to re return return like order or something, we could be like the Restorations. What about D and D four eighty six? What about the gold standard? Is there a gold dragon we gotta go after? Alita, is there a gold dragon there we gotta is, go there after? Are gold, well, there were gold dragons. Uh huh. Are you a dragon doctor now? I'm not. I'm not a dragon doctor. I just. I'm. I read about the kinds of dragons there used to be, mm -hmm. and there were gold, there was silver, there were copper, there were bronze, and there were brass. And then they're the kinds we have now, which are all terrible. What if we called ourselves the treasury? Ooh, I like that one. God, surprise, surprise, you like the name with treasure in it. Because we're going after valuable metals. I mean, it, it makes sense to me. Ladies and gentlemen, tune in next week for another adventure of The Treasury. <laughs> 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 so, uh, Harold is going to get up. I believe you all can keep workshopping this. It's starting to get late. Are you all staying here or did you? are you staying at the inn in town? I got us rooms at the inn. Wonderful. Have, have, you, have all... you been hauling my stuff around all of this time? He kind of looks at you confused. Well, you've you've clearly moved since last time I saw you. And last time I saw you, you still had my trophy room and also a bed for me, which was a really sweet gesture. But I don't know if you managed to accomplish that during your last move. I... You haven't been home in so long. I didn't think you were coming back. I didn't prepare a room for you. But all of your things are in a chest in my room. 
Anything you need, you can take. Solonar gets this, like, really bug-eyed look, and he's like, I need to see this chest. And he, like, pushes pushes his chair out and, like, stands up, and he's like, uh, is it, is it that way? Over there? Uh, yes, through this door here. And Solonar, like, bursts into the room, and he's like, oh no, oh no. This chest is too small to possibly hold all of my trophies. <laughs> and he opens the chest and he just like starts pulling stuff out rapidly. And he's like, well, you kept the bear and you kept the toy train. And all right, well, all the all the best trophies are still here. There's no, there's definitely stuff missing though. Like I don't see, I don't see the tall, tall bird anywhere. But that, and then again, the tall, tall bird was like six foot tall. Yeah, I'm, I'm right here, man. And we, <laughs> we had won, like 20 Josh pounds. Josh won Alon's friendship in a game of pick the duck. I don't know. It was ultimate frisbee, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I win. I win his hand in broship. Now we get, have to get branded. <laughs> <laughs> didn't we, didn't we buy another cart? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Solonar's like, I tell you what, Dad, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some uh some storage and I'm gonna you can hang on to whatever this stuff you want to that reminds you of me. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get some of this out of your hair so that you don't have to move it again. If you wouldn't mind, I I'd rather it go to you. The things I've had to leave behind weigh on me a little. No, it's all right. It's I can, I can win more prizes. That's you know, I'd I'd rather you be safe than have retrieved the tall, tall bird. I'm I can sorry. always I can always win more than you can lose. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry about the birds, Solanar. Look, it's it's end of the day. It's not that big a deal, you know. It's I would I'd rather you be safe. Alita's going to give Boat, Johannes, and Koza sort of a significant look like we should probably leave them. What was that, Alita? <laughs> it's time for the treasury to withdraw. Since my players can't derail me here at the end bumper, now is my chance to tell you about Alarian Archives. Available for our Patreon subscribers at the $5 tier, Alarian Archives is a separate podcast that acts as a deep dive into Virian. It's history, characters, how I create the content for QPR, and even more than that. This is only one of the awesome perks to our Patreon, so if you'd like to check out some playable content written by the QPR cast, as well as additional QPR content like side episodes, check us out on patreon.com slash goblinsgrowlers. We're only able to put this show out because of the support of awesome listeners like you. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts and keep on rolling. Okay. And then we did the festival and stuff.
Yeah, I think the main story beats is your parents wanted you to stay and get married. You did not. We went to the festival. We eloped, but in a non-marriage way. (laughs) (laughs) 